0: Well, good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you are joining us and listening. My name is Jill, and this is the Dangerous Freedom Podcast. Today is Monday. It's April 4th, 2022. And I am coming to you from high in the mountains on a plateau in New Mexico. The sun is shining, and as far as I know, the world still exists out and about around me. If you're new, the purpose of this podcast is not to tell you about what the problems are, but to reframe all the things that we're looking at happening around us and what that means for those of us who are, as I am calling it, wired for danger. What that really means is that your primary nervous system response is when you see danger, you run towards it even when it's not a good idea. And while we all have all three nervous system responses, fight, flight, freeze, some of us are wired just a little bit in the crazy way and I call that the roar. That's why we're talking lions and prides and all that imagery that supports this idea. And so what I wanted to do today, as you saw from the title, is talk about this uh, from a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, last Friday, and I think I'll start doing this on Fridays, uh, for those of you who are paid subscribers, you can comment on the posts. And Substack has something called a thread, which is a lot like Twitter. It's just a short comment to invite a discussion. Uh, for those of you who followed me on YouTube, you know that I am not a big fan of the comments because they're so rarely about the content of the video and just random thoughts or off-topic thoughts, and so I've started to shut those down, but I do like communicating with those of you who can focus and relate to what we're actually talking about, and so I started that this last Friday, and that's sort of leading into what I want to talk about today, but for the future, I'm going to start asking you on Fridays what's important to you, because that's important to me Uh, and so this last Friday it was mostly women there was just a few of us but the real primary voice in the conversation this last Friday is about relationship and you know one of the great divides between the masculine and the feminine and this is important is that women are very much more connection and relationship oriented or I should say the feminine within all of us is Uh, The masculine is more external, more problem solving, more about things, about hierarchical structures, about what's going on out in the world, and that's why so much of the conversation regarding the current events, which are just pummeling all of us, right, it's happening so fast and furiously, is just escalating because most people out there talking about things are doing it from the masculine point of view. This is what X, Y, and Z person, institution, and system is doing out in the world, and I am subject to the effects of their cause. Now, I'm not going to go into a great big uh, discussion about why that's not exactly true, but instead, I want to talk about how XYZ institutions and systems are creating situations and circumstance that are vastly affecting our relationships and our ability to connect with each other. Uh, And that is something that the feminine within all of us is primary in its relationship to uh, being a part of. You know, one of the great tragedies uh, we talk about in our family is that, you know, it's really the women that keep the family together. And sometimes you get a good guy that will step in when there's no role, uh, when no one's filling that role. And what I mean by that, there's always like usually one person in the family. There's one main household that hosts all the uh, rituals, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, uh, whatever, birthday parties, celebrations, anniversaries. Uh, and it's usually uh, the the match the matriarch female, right? Whoever's the older woman in the house, or the Uh, the family system is the one that in at least historically has organized those things and then when she becomes too old or she dies then the next woman in line picks up that and begins the system all over again and that's something that's radically broken down for us because of uh, you know a lot of us didn't get married we didn't have kids uh, lots of people moved far away from the family origin location and you can't get back and especially the last two years it's been almost impossible so that's really coming at the effect of a cause that technically you know we did not create for ourselves was this constant uh, gnawing at our connections Uh, you know another great cause and effect uh, thing has been this online world so you know on the one hand it's allowed us to be what we think Is more connected Uh, but statistically you know when they do the uh, studies people don't feel more connected in fact they feel more alone and isolated than ever and you know one of the things I like to do is I like to ask my mom about how it was and uh, one of the things she talks about is how people used to get bored because there wasn't a lot of stimulation and so That was a lot of downtime, and we don't have that anymore. But the other thing around that is that people would spend a lot of that time being bored talking to each other. And one of the things I asked about, which I think is so missing in the world today, is that your circle of people, your circle of influence, was pretty small, and those people knew your backstory. So you weren't having to constantly explain who you are, what you're all about, what you believe in, blah, 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 right? Because people knew your backstory, and so your conversation was really from today moving forward. It wasn't this constant trying to navigate history, current events, and the future uh, with this focus that's become so uh, permeated into our relationship on ideology, belief, politics, things that we have zero control over, right? Right? Uh, and I think that has been just the great destroyer of our ability to connect with each other. Uh, there's a really interesting woman, I like her a lot, Catherine Austin Fitz, and she's a primarily a financial advisor, but she makes the point is if you get a group of people who don't agree about anything, but you ask them to focus on the practical, like how are we going to grow food, where are we going to get water from, about agreement starts to happen you know this breakdown is really not about what's important it's about this need I believe to be seen and heard because we're so wildly disconnected from each other And the next part of that is because we've become so political and ideologically based, because there's real cause and effect happening, right? Like, you know, where are you going to live? Like, what's, are you in a city or are you in the country? What's safe? You know, what medical issues are happening? Uh, Right now, those differences are manifesting into a real life and death way of being. And that's causing a lot of stress and strife in our relationships. And You know, one of the things I absolutely despise about so many people who are in the public uh, commentary positions of the world right now is they are constantly shaming and humiliating what they call the other side. There's this desperate need to divide. And there's nothing about who we are as feminine energy that wants division. Everything feminine within us wants connection in a safe, loving, you know, good joyful happy way and everything out in the world that we see as the other the enemy or whatever you want to call it is all about dividing us from that and because that's now coming to our homes within families and friendships it's tearing us apart because it goes against that primary mandate that says you know I want to be connected to you Uh, those are the great uh, conversations of therapy you know this is why my mommy and daddy hurt me you know these are my relationships hurt me I mean we don't like having pain around people that we want to love and when you love somebody and you're wired for danger you desperately want to save them you desperately want to keep them safe Uh, and in many instances you're willing to die for them only now that's having a whole new meaning and so I don't have any good answers for you I can only really share you know the the process that I've adopted through this and some of the observations I've made and I've had to make decisions you know I have family members that think I'm crazy they think I'm you know oh you're paranoid oh you're just a conspiracy theorist oh you you know look what you've done shame on you bad Jill Uh, and I don't know if I made the right decisions Uh, I just like you if you're here probably looked around and go whoa there's big changes coming you know how do I want to be in the world where do I want to be in the world you know we were asking hard questions and you know for me I was asking uh, questions about survival can I survive no but I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't tried and so I don't regret the decisions I've made but they have been very separating from my primary family and uh, and in that I mean that literally there's been distance because I don't want to be in California uh, there's been limitations because I don't have the financial ability to run back and forth to California even if I wanted to go there uh, and you know there's decisions on my parents side that created a home uh, in which there's no place for me to go so if I go back to California I can't even stay in the house and so you know, that's a very expensive area that's difficult to navigate. And so there's just a lot of decisions and choices that were made on both sides that have really severed our ability to have an in-person relationship. But we can still communicate. And so, you know, Even though our ideologies are radically different, you know, I had to make that decision to stop talking about it. And one time, my mom said to me, She goes, I don't want to know because it creates too much fear. And so, I chose to respect that my trying to bring things up because I'm trying to keep her safe creates too much fear for her in the moment. But the cost is I can't prevent the long-term consequences, and you know she lives in Southern California on the coast in a place that could not be more dangerous. It's the end of a fault line. It's an area that's perceived as uh, having value. So if things break down, you know people will be banging on the doors, you know robbing and stealing. Uh, it's on an island, so if there's an earthquake, it's she's the cut off and they can't get to the other side. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, restrictions in California, you know, with all the vaccine mandates and things like that, and so I can't change the consequences of her choices, but I can also not shame and humiliate her, because I think that's how people perceive it. When you try to tell them just facts, because they don't want to know, it feels like, you as the person communicating trying to save their life so your intentions are positive but it feels shaming and humiliating to them and so they need to make you wrong so they don't have to face what they're unwilling to look at and that's okay because there's all kinds of things all of us are unwilling to look at that's the essence of truth truth is out there It's only what we want to know about it that it can be revealed to us. And 99% of the time, it's always going to be something we don't want to know. And when people shame and humiliate us about that, that just gets us angry and resistance and creates a greater divide. And that's what propaganda is. It's very easy to be manipulated because... Our human emotions are very consistent it doesn't matter if it was you know ten thousand years ago to now we all respond in much the same way we haven't evolved emotionally Uh, we haven't become more emotionally intelligent we just have a lot more data input and a a lot more confusion than times before But our reactions are still the same and so we can't make people around us want to be connected but we can decide how we want to have a relationship or if we want to have a relationship and what we're willing to let go of what judgments are we willing to let go of and choosing to make peace with the fact that you cannot keep others from experiencing the consequences of their choices now i think it's getting more complex you know i know with the for myself you know the question i had was what if they get sick do i want to go into the belly of the beast and become sick too trying to take care of them Uh, and at the time i would have done that maybe now not so much I do know, you know, if war breaks out or there's an earthquake or some kind of big natural disaster, I'm not going to go back and try and help. And I've told them that, you know, I can't come help you if something happens. And, you know, one of them, you know, my my stepdad he knows and he's like okay no big deal you know my mom is in denial that anything bad will ever happen and so I can't help that but I don't want to freak her out I don't want to create a lot of fear and tension because of things that may or may not happen especially when our parents are older like or anybody we don't know if they're going to live or die so why create a problem when it really hasn't happened yet and so I guess you know, those are the ways I've chosen to manage that, is to make peace with the whole fact that I cannot keep people from experiencing their consequences. And that's true everywhere. And so when we look at the differences between the feminine and the masculine in response to danger, uh, we still have that, that uh, primary push towards fixing, solving, saving. But sometimes you can't and I think the work for both men and women is how do you find a way to make peace with the fact that you can't save someone from themselves and that really goes back to that kind of addiction conversation I had it's the same kind of thing if somebody's committing slow suicide how do you can't save them from themselves and there's really no difference between what we're experiencing now because all of us by being human are dying, you know, suicide by civilization, you know, all the things that we call civilization are the same things that are killing us, and how many of us are changing our minds, we're committing suicide every time we hold a cell phone up, uh, every time we eat food with toxins and no nutrition in it, you know, every time we breathe the air that's full of toxic substances, right, we're all creating Uh, the same situation it's like a slow suicide by civilization and so uh, it's the willingness to understand that nobody can get away without the cause effect relationship you can only choose how you want to feel about it and how you want to make peace with it and so as the feminine which is mostly women although we're losing that space rapidly which we will talk about another day, is that, you know, if you have that desire to be connected, uh, then you get to make the choices and the decisions about what you want that to look like and how can you make peace with it. Because, you know, I have another friend who has uh, a big family and she has two kids, but she so needs to be right about what's happening She doesn't even have conversations. Like, I have to yell and interrupt her because she's constantly rattling off all the horrible things that, quote-unquote, they are doing to us because she still believes she's a victim of the world around her, and I have to keep interrupting her because, like, I know that. I don't want to listen. She'll go for two hours. Like, I can't listen to you tell me all this stuff I already know because one it doesn't make me feel connected to you it just makes me irritable and I want to run away as fast as I can now I know she's needs to debrief at some level so I'll let her do it a little bit but I also know she does it to her daughter and her daughter doesn't want to talk to her and I'm she I don't say this to her because you know she's my friend not my client and so uh, but she's made the decision that it's more important to be right about what's happening and she's trying to save her daughter's life by telling her but her daughter doesn't want to know and because she needs to to be right more than she wants to be connected because she you know like us who have more uh, masculine energy as women uh, can easily slip into that side we have to choose do you want to be right do you want to be connected because you can't have it both ways and so it becomes a decision how important is it to be right about what you know how important is it for you to try and save the other person's life how important is it to have something else besides the connection now the other side of that and this is true for me in my life and it came up in the thread over uh, about relationships and this kind of thing is what if the relationship itself is toxic? Do you want to stay connected to that? And uh, I don't. I have disengaged from the family members in which the con- the communication is toxic. Uh, one of them is it's toxic to me, not that person. the other one, I am toxic to that person. Uh, but I respect that and I give them the space because it's more important, for me to let go than to create a negative connection between us in which we both just feel bad because neither one of us is ever going to find peace uh, in our communication and so when a relationship is toxic with a family member we have to make that decision you know we can't save them and they can't save us because they perceive us as someone who's wrong and needs to be saved And so it's really hard sometimes to override that strong nervous system response. Like, I need to save you. I need to help you. I need to fix this. I need to make this okay and find a way to let go and make peace with it. But if we don't, then we're not going to have that connection. Or if we don't, we're going to hold onto a connection that's serving neither person. It's there's no uh, there's no win if you are sacrificing yourself at the expense of the other. And you know that's what I did for the first forty years. Is I compromised myself. Uh, I sacrificed myself to be in connection with the other person because of guilt and uh, thinking I was doing the right thing. And it took me a long time to say, you know what. Uh, I've given you half my life Uh, you know you've you've done what you've done and I'm not going to give it to you anymore and that other person is you know bemoans it and doesn't understand but I can't help them because I don't have the energy within me to be in a toxic relationship or a disruptive connection that is basically you know me sacrificing myself in order to make them happy that isn't helpful either and so that's more of that letting go but in a different way and so these are the kinds of decisions that are real and true no matter what's happening out in the world but I think it's so much harder right now because the stakes are so much higher you know it's not that our parents are always going to die you know our siblings are always going to be uh, either really good or very contentious I mean that's just sort of what siblings are you know our friends are always uh, either in some kind of motion you know physically close physically far away busy having their own crises you know there's always kind of an ebb and flow to relationships but at this moment in time people are so desperately trying to hang on to something because the ground is so uncertain beneath them it's even more difficult I think to connect with people even when like with my friend who needs to be right and tell me how it is all the time even when I agree with everything she's saying she can't get off that enough to have a kind of connection that feels good to either one of us because I know when she does that you know yelling at me all this stuff neither one of us feel good uh, but I can't take it And so uh, she's really good about just letting me, I've even hung up on her mid-sentence. Like I, after screaming, I can't take this. I can't take this. I don't want to hear this because she can't stop. But when she does get past that, then we have a really good interaction that's very beneficial to both of us. So, so it's always about kind of navigating what relationships are important enough for you to find a way to keep the connection And being honest about the connections that are not positive for you or the other. To the point where it's okay to just let them go. And probably the third piece of that I want to talk about from the feminine perspective. Is that if you are like me and you want to really save and help the other person. And you know you can't. I think there's a lot of guilt associated with that. And that doesn't have anything to do with the other. Uh, That's something that we have to make peace with because you can't save everyone and everything. And it's such a a natural, you know, when I talked about this initially, I called it, you know, saving the world energy. And I was like, wow, nobody else really identifies with this yet i see people doing it all the time i don't think we just call it that but i that's why i renamed it it's really this idea that you just are what your nervous system is wired to want to run towards the danger and do the right thing and you must have that kind of person within human uh culture civilization existence if you want humanity to survive because all responses have their appropriate place in the world you know those who run away may be the survivors and we don't because we're on the front lines fighting the fire the people who ran away might be the ones that take care of those who are in the freeze response Uh, you know and a lot of children freeze up and if somebody doesn't pick that kid up and run away then everybody dies right and so You know, I think the most important thing is to get off the judgment, the shaming, the humiliating, making others wrong because they don't feel the way you do. And then finding ways to make peace with the guilt that you can't save everybody. And that is, you know, individual for all of us. How you do that is individual for all of us. Uh, You know, one of the conversations that came up was for me this weekend was, someone's spending seven thousand dollars on their older dog putting a plate in its leg and I'm like seven thousand dollars I mean even if I was like super rich I don't know that I would do that just because you know I survived this process by looking at life very differently and you know what kind of quality of life is that animal going to have and you know anesthesia takes a year off an animal's life as it is and so if you have you know an older animal that may only have one or two years left and you put it under anesthesia you know you're shaving 50% of its life off and you know what decisions are you making that are about you versus the animal itself you know and the comment I made was well you know, on the day that you're doing that surgery, and I haven't looked this up, like how many cats and dogs are being put to sleep and euthanized, right? So, you know, we're desperate to save one life at the cost of thousands. You know, we do that on the big, the big picture, right? So I need my iPhone, which I don't have. So this is just a, uh, commentary. I need my iPhone more than I need to know about the slave factories and the sacrifice that those, uh, men and women and children make and the horrific conditions so that I get what I want. Right. I mean, so we make these decisions, uh, without really thinking through what maybe some of the bigger pictures are, uh, the behind the scenes really are because it's too uncomfortable it creates too much guilt and so we narrow our scope and our focus to our tiny little world but you know stepping back uh, talking about the feminine connection and relationship uh, if you can't save people you love there's always people that you can quote unquote save in a different way and place and there's always people or animals or others that you can love and you know and that was what I said well yeah you know I'm not going to do a lot to keep my dog alive forever because there's so many more animals out there that need a home and need to be loved and it's not sacrificing him because I don't value him Uh, you know I look at it from quality of life at what point Am I extending his life for my comfort and my fear of loss or my need for connection versus understanding that there's always people who need to be saved. There's always animals that need to be saved. There's always those who need to be loved. So it's never a shortage of what we want to feel. It's this decision-making process about who. We need to give that to, and whether they want it or not. And then the guilt or the judgment or all those other feelings that go with it. So, this is kind of a big thing. Uh, It's simple, but it's very emotionally complicated. Uh, It's one thing to have an intellectual discussion about it, and it's a whole other thing to have an emotional reality check around it because of you know culture because of religion because of uh, family norms and morals and all kinds of things you know that factor into these ideas but uh, looking at this idea you know of wired for danger from a feminine perspective you know so much of the impulse of the feminine is to save those we love from being hurt from suffering uh, from dying, from pain, uh, and how often you cannot do anything about it, and so we focus on trying to change the other, so we can feel better, versus stepping back and asking ourselves, what's what's really most important? Uh, is my connection to that person the most important thing? Is my connection to being right? The most important thing is my fear of the guilt. The most important thing Uh, is my need to be able to be active. The most important thing, and so I can shift my focus off of my family or my friends and maybe out into the world. Uh, One of the things eventually I want to get around to is this. uh, Jason Jones has this. uh, uh, Is a guy who's from Hawaii, but he's in Texas right now. He calls the Vulnerable People Project and. He has done this amazing thing about rescuing all these people in Afghanistan just on a shoestring budget, uh, all the people who were Americans who were abandoned. And and in that process, he came across this other uh, man who's an American citizen through his work with the military, He's just in his late 20s, who also, uh, together, they're just doing this amazing process in Afghanistan because that is their impulse to go in and save and so they're not focused on their family which was uh, you know it started with the Afghan man went back to save his wife and once he did that now he's doing all kinds of stuff to save other people because that's who they are and that's what they must do and the challenge becomes well how do you deal with the guilt for all the others that you can't save so this is very complex uh, which is why I want to speak specifically to those of us who are wired this way because there's so much positive and good intention but there's also this other side that is so hard that's full of guilt and shame and frustration and sadness and loss and depression, because we will never be a hundred percent successful. So, you know, it's cut when there's a fire. It's super easy cut and dried. You just run into the building and you pull the person out, and everybody's happy. But real life, and especially what's going on right now, is so complex because you can't run into someone's house and snatch them out and bring them. You know, in the city and bring them to the country where they may not want to live or they can't live because they're too medically complex or uh, there's it's just so complicated that I wanted to talk about it not because I have any answers for you but because it's only by looking at the realities of all this that we can start to make decisions about how we want to deal with it because the one thing we can't do is make others respond the way we want them to even when we're trying to save their life. And that is probably the hardest thing about being so wired this way, right? All the best intentions that you can't do anything about, watching the house burn, there comes a point where you just can't go in and fix it. And that's where we are culturally in our civilization. We're watching Western civilization burn and we can't fix it. And all we can do is make decisions about how we are going to manage our response about what we can do and about what we can't do. And then that decision is, you know, do you want to feel terrible or do you want to find a way to make peace? You can't have it both ways. You can't get everything you want because you can never save someone from the consequences of their own choices because we don't know what their soul came here to learn you're just trying to play God you're trying to decide you know better than that person and God that person and the creator that person and their soul your need to save is greater than whatever they need to learn and that just simply isn't true and so there's a lot in here. This is a big idea that, like I said, intellectually is one thing. Emotionally, it's lifetimes to decipher what we just talked about. But I wanted to put it out there because it's real. This is a very complex time for both the feminine, and the masculine, the human, and the spirit to stay sane and to stay emotionally stable because there's just no... Easy, good, simple way through it. This is just hard, and I want to speak to you that you're like me. You're looking at this through a very specific perspective. There's lots and lots and lots of ways to look at this, so I'm trying to talk to those of you who really see this world in a very specific way. All right, deep breath. Well, it's Monday, we got a whole week ahead of us, who knows what's going to happen, but today we are here so I'm going to say thank you for spending this time with me Uh, we're all going to take one long last deep breath getting that air into our lungs and getting that old crappy air out of our lower lungs out and I my friends will see you next time